You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Microsoft and Google disagree about when to publicly disclose a vulnerability. We get some industry reactions to the dispute. Terbium takes a good look at the dark web and finds it's not as uniformly sinister as many believe. Google and Mozilla move to reject dodgy certificates. NIST releases a job map. Anonymous gets a grade of incomplete in its trolling of ISIS. And the shadow broker's news seems a bit old. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, November 2nd, 2016. Microsoft says the Windows Zero Day Google publicly disclosed this week is being actively exploited by APT28, the Russian threat actor also known as Fancy Bear, a GRU operation best known for recent incursions into U.S. political organizations. Britain's MI5 is also raising an alarm about Russian intelligence services growing activity in cyberspace. Microsoft is upset with Google over the disclosure, which Redmond says has needlessly exposed Windows users to attack. A patch won't be available until next week at the earliest. Industry reactions are of two minds on this, as observers see both companies' points of view. The CyberWire heard from Fidelis Cybersecurity's John Bambanek, who thinks in general the public is better served by disclosure even if a patch isn't available. However, as he goes on to say, quote, There will always be a risk with acknowledging weakness. Even releasing patches can give adversaries the very clues needed to weaponize an exploit. This was very much true with Microsoft patches years ago, which have been largely mitigated by automated patching and rebooting within 24 hours of release. Quote. In general, he'd like to see disclosure go hand-in-hand with mitigation strategies wherever possible. N-Silo CTO and co-founder Udi Yavo draws the lesson that regulatory requirements should come to guide disclosure practices. He thinks the industry practice of allowing 90 days for mitigation until public disclosure should become a regulatory requirement. Google's researchers disclosed the vulnerability earlier because they saw it being exploited in the wild, as has been Google's company policy. Yavo gets the point, but thinks the quick public disclosure was unwise. Quote, To me, this doesn't ultimately help achieve everyone's goal, which should be keeping consumers and their data safe. By disclosing a vulnerability early without allowing time for a patch, Google opened up the small pool of people who found the vulnerability and knew how to exploit it to all. End quote. Terbium Labs has a report out on the sinister-sounding dark web, which became famous in the popular mind during the Silk Road prosecutions. 
But while there's certainly bad stuff going on there, sales of contraband, nasty adult content, and so on, most of the activity on the dark web is perfectly innocent, or at the very least, legal. It's just the Tor accessibility that makes the dark web dark. You can find Terbium's report, The Truth About the Dark Web, at terbiumlabs.com slash study. Mozilla and Google are in the process of revoking trust from certificates issued by Wosign and Startcom. RiskIQ gives the CyberWire a satisfyingly precise tally of the number of websites using certificates belonging to those two CAs. They put it at 762,649. You may begin to see, if you haven't already, secure connection failed warnings coming up for sites that depend on Wosign or Startcom. The concern is that inadmissible SSL certificates can expose users to man-in-the-middle attacks, domain squatting, and redirection to phishing or farming sites. Any of these, of course, present the risk of compromise or data loss. This week, in conjunction with the National Initiative for Cybersecurity Education meetings in Kansas City, NIST has released CyberSeq, an online tool showing where the security sector's jobs are. NIST worked out this online interactive map with CompTIA. It's an interesting look at the labor market. Check it out at cyberseek.org. When it comes to keeping personally identifiable information safe online, many people have turned to identity protection firms to keep an eye on their online identity, to make sure crooks aren't opening accounts in their names, and so forth. Identity Guard is one of those companies, and we spoke with Jerry Thompson about a new offering they're calling Privacy Now, which makes use of IBM's Watson technology to try to stay one step ahead of the bad guys. The challenge with identity protection is that it's reactive. We're monitoring and scouring, but when we find you, the damage is already done. So about about 90% of all the data that's available about you on the internet is called unstructured. It's in places that, uh, like social media, uh, like professional website, there was no ability for us to monitor that, nor anybody else, unless we use a technology like Watson from IBM, uh, which is an artificial intelligence technology that allows us to funnel massive amounts of data through that artificial intelligence engine to, to find the pieces of information about you that we can glean so that we can do predictive or or proactive uh, protection for you. And we know from uh, all of the uh, algorithm and the models that we run that with about 98% uh, certainty, we can predict uh, identity malfeasance or privacy intrusions for you or your family members uh, if we're running it through the IBM Watson model. Can you take me through an example of, of where, uh, of how the system would work, of a, you know, sort of a, a sample uh, attempted attack and how, how this system could catch things that uh, previous methods couldn't? You've, you've told us about your children as part of the process uh, of getting to know you. And we see that your, you know, your son or daughter is posting in a fairly innocent, innocuous, uh, you know, Snapchat videos. But it's not Snapchat, it's another service, and they're not just going to a friend, they're going out to the wider internet. And while they're not, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, your kids are being exposed because they're now identifiable, you know, to a larger community on the internet. So we'll tell you that, hey, while the the videos are okay, um, you know, be careful and cautious because, you know, you know, thousands of people are seeing these and they can, you know, they could potentially target your children. Because we can scour the internet and look for all this identifiable data, 
We can give you pieces of information that will help protect you and your family members from any kind of malfeasance that's out there. What about my personal information You're being, being scooped up and, and sold online? If somebody's going to hack a major medical provider, we can't stop the hack, but we can identify your exposure in near real time. The near real time is 30 seconds to three minutes. As soon as that information hits the dark web and is for sale, we can identify it. We're, we're very confident we can identify it, and then we can work with you to mitigate that exposure. That's Jerry Thompson from Identity Guard. ISIS territory continues to shrink, and its opponents turn to information operations against the caliphate's coming diaspora. Various anonymous affiliated hackers have been after ISIS for some time. It's unclear, says Motherboard, with what effect. Give anonymous an incomplete and note that the hacktivist collective is predictably skittish about being seen as too cozy with governments, even its allies of convenience against ISIS. Analysts have now sifted through the shadow broker's trick-or-treat data dump and find it mostly old news. The servers listed apparently weren't in equation group use after 2010. The shadow brokers are still grumping about the wealthy elites, how somebody ought to do something about the U.S. elections, and maybe the shadow brokers will, and above all, how come no one's bidding on all those equation group exploits the brokers are auctioning off? Come on, sheeple, take your heads out of the sand. Or so the brokers might say, you Americansky, you. Anyway, free elections, free beer, so we hear. And if you're taking orders, brokers, make ours a natty bow. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business.
Joining me once again is Ron Yahalem from Ben-Gurion University. Ron, I know a lot of your research has to do with USB devices, and I thought today we'd talk about ways that people hide data on USB devices. Okay, well, there are some very simple, basic um, data hiding tactics. For example, you can always uh, write a malware that writes into the master boot record of uh, partition devices or uh, alternatively into a volume boot record. There's not a lot of space there available for writing, but for example, you can override the boot sector or uh, other uh, different areas. And uh, those are pretty basic uh, attacks. They're useful for holding certain values, but not a lot of data. Other uh, methods include maybe writing inside reserved sectors, for example, on a fat partition, if it has any reserved sectors. Uh, and uh, even a more complex uh, method would be to uh, write into certain clusters on the partition and then just go back to the fat table and, and for example, mark them as uh, bad clusters or uh, used clusters. So uh, they might go unnoticed by the, by the operating system's driver. And uh, you can also uh, sometimes, uh, if you really want to hide your data, um, you can go to the root directory table and then just, you know, uh, delete the entries that lead to those clusters. And then it won't be even, it won't be visible. There have been more complex methods. For example, let's uh, consider the Fanny malware. Uh, according to Kaspersky's uh, lab's global research and analysis team, Fanny is a computer worm that uh, is thought to have been created by the Equation Group way back in 2008 and distributed throughout the, the Middle East and Asia. Now, its main purpose was apparently to map air gap systems and it was able to spread by exploiting the same vulnerabilities that were exploited by the famous Stuxnet or flame worm. So when a USB stick is infected by Fanny, uh, Fanny creates a hidden storage area on the stick using its own FAT file system driver. Uh, if an infected stick is plugged into a computer without an internet connection, Fanny will collect basic system information and save it onto the hidden area of the stick. Later on, when the stick containing the hidden information is plugged into an internet-connected computer, the data will be scooped up from the hidden area and then sent to a command and control center. How exactly is this done? Well, Fanny simply changed entries in the root directory table so that uh, they would be ignored by the file system drivers as if uh, it were a data corruption or a bad block. As a result, this uh, entry is not visible in Windows, Mac, OS, or uh, Linux, and it's probably probably not visible to all other implementations of, uh, of any FAT driver. Uh, however, the Fanny malware is able to recognize those entries because it marks them using a magic value. So with the help of its own FAT driver, it looks into the root directory and locates the entry, which uh, starts with the magic value. Then it navigates to the address on the partition that appears right after a special flag value in that entry. And uh, this address will have a different magic value serving as a marker for the beginning of the hidden storage. So you see it's a very complex attack, uh, all done by manipulating the FAT file system. Are there any ways that people can protect themselves from these sorts of attacks? It pretty much usually goes undetected because it's, uh, it's, it's very hard to detect these uh, things even by conventional or non-conventional uh, forensic tools because you just you simply don't know what you're looking for. You know, the equation group is, uh, is widely known for, for using uh, encryption to uh, protect uh, its data. Specifically, the Fanny didn't make an effort to uh, encrypt data, but if had it done that, you would not be able to, um, to distinguish between uh, actual corrupt data, binary data, or uh, encrypted data. So it's very hard to detect these things. Ranya Hallam, thanks for joining us. 
Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI. Thank you.